The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. If you'd like to call into our program today, use our toll-free number, 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd rather send an email, the address is Leah at ComeBackToYourSenses.com. Now, here's health and wellness specialist, Leah Brenda Smith. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Leah Brenda Smith, and thanks for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio on Voice America Variety and also on Project Freedom Radio Network. If you're looking for me on the Internet, you can find me at my personal website, LeahBrendaSmith.com. Or on Facebook, I have a radio page called Come Back to Your Senses Radio or my personal Facebook, which is Leah Brenda Smith. And today's topic, uh, estrangement and reconciliation. Big, big topics. And um, I know that, uh, uh, let's put it this way, likely if you are living and breathing, you have experienced both estrangement and reconciliation. And have been um, found yourself in situations from time to time where you've felt challenged with both of these things. And I'm going to try today to just give some tips and some suggestions and just talk about the topic some so we can maybe shed some light on this. And sometimes the best we can do is to really, really find out who we are in situations and what's important to you and and have that be your guide in terms of how it is that how it is that's really best for you to move forward with whatever it is that you're struggling with whether it's in relationship with yourself with a partner with a family member with a friend you know cuz so many people are estranged in some way or another from a loved one so often I've heard others report, and they reported in a really nonchalant way, that they are, or that they have been estranged from their parent or their sibling, maybe their son or their daughter or their spouse, or estranged from someone for multiple years. And, you know, for myself, I, I'd be the first one to admit that sometimes I find this information difficult to absorb, just difficult to take in. I, I feel for folks. I've been in this situation myself, and and I've watched people endure it, and I and I feel for people that are struggling in their relationships, struggling to find that authentic connection. But at the same time, I also really recognize that difficulties are really common, and that disagreements tend to be cyclical, 
and that insults can be challenging to forgive. And reconciliation doesn't always come before the death do us part. Uh, many people uh, pass away from this life with, um, with pain in their heart around their relationships where reconciliation was not part of their path. Uh, and some, even with some that have tried and others that have just were closed from, sometimes people close from a young age from a situation and, and they never have that experience again of being really free-flowing in themselves. You know, it's good to ask yourself, are you estranged from someone that you love? You know, are there things that you feel still need to be said? Is there undercurrents of conflict or even surface tension that needs to be resolved in order for you to move forward? Or perhaps there's a relationship that even though you may know the relationship is over, yet you still feel like you want to make amends. You know, there's all kinds of situations that we find ourselves in. And I, I know for myself that I try my best to really have the focus for myself to be that of unconditional love and acceptance in relationships, whatever type of relationships they are. And even within that focus, I sure notice that there there's good days and there's bad days. You know, we have those hills and then we have those plateaus. We experience the agony and the ecstasy, if you like, of, of relating. And sometimes, you know, people that are involved, you know, sometimes we have those experiences. We feel like we're getting a few scrapes and bumps or, or get that experience of the, the bruised egos, you know, that are all part of the process of getting through these challenging parts. You know, the cycles of relating. And, and life can be grand when we agree with others and when things are free-flowing between folks. Yet, the truth really of your connection and your willingness to thrive in a relationship can really be put through the ringer when feelings get hurt or when boundaries get crossed, or when there's a breach of trust. And that's when relating skills are really put to the test. Now, sometimes sometimes you have to really dig in deep and, and find the kindness. Find the kindness so that you can communicate in a way that doesn't alienate the other person or yourself so that you don't send the relationship down the, the trail, if you like, or the path of estrangement. And at times that takes skill. It takes um, willingness. It takes humility. It takes kindness. It certainly takes a great desire um, on the part of yourself to be mindful in order to bring that which is most authentic to the forefront. It's easy enough for any one of us to take exception to something that somebody says or something that somebody does. Or Sometimes people are uh, teasing just in jest, yet we're not in that kind of a mood, and so we uh, can take things the wrong way, or you find that people rub you the wrong way. 
when you're not on the same page, so to speak. So it's certainly easy enough to find yourself in the middle of a muddle with people. And I like this um, something I found here that Wayne Dwyer said, and he said that if you find yourself in a confrontation of any kind with anyone, so be it a family member or a stranger, before reacting, ask yourself, is what I'm about to say motivated by my need to be right or my desire to be kind? And then pick a response that stems from kindness, regardless of how your ego objects. Imagine that. You know, pick, pick the response that comes from kindness. Now, many people have awakened to the knowing that they would rather be happy than be right. They would rather be loved than be right. And sometimes when, when you ask somebody who is estranged from a family member, well, what happened? I've often heard a kind of vague recollection of something, yet they can't really pinpoint a specific incident often, I find that. Or they'll resort to some kind of a, like a blanket generalization about how he or she is impossible, or they always do that, or they never do that, or they're selfish or arrogant, or think they're better than everyone else, whatever the scenario is. Well, clearly, that's a really heavy burden. You know, statements like that are charged with a lot of anger and blame and fear and a whole lot of unresolved emotions that can really culminate in a lifetime's worth of accusations and resentments. And and some people are living that. For some people, that is the path that they're living with some of their relationships, some of their family members. You know, fortunately, as a Band-Aid solution, people seem to be able to manage these rifts with their loved ones by writing them off, so to speak. But unfortunately, from an emotional well-being point of view, that kind of approach is not necessarily the best strategy. You know, in some ways, it always costs us a part of ourselves when we cut ourselves off from someone. Someone, regardless, when we cut ourselves off from people that we love, regardless of whatever the circumstances were, regardless of who started it, who's right, who's wrong, it costs everybody. There is a great cost. Now, I used to, uh, I used to think that it was important to be right. And like most folks at time, I tried to force my opinions on others. You know, and often I would chalk it up that I was, you know, I'd just chalk it all up to being passionate about my beliefs. You know, when you have strong beliefs and take a strong stance on things, you know. Yet really in time I realized that taking that kind of an approach is really controlling and it's it's really not an open-minded stance at all. 
So I've thought of it about it this way. You know, people's beliefs and opinions are as right for them as my beliefs and opinions are right for me. And I've noticed that daily life certainly flows more freely when nobody's trying to convince somebody else to adopt their point of view. And that when, as a general comment, when people are more open, then there's always an opportunity to learn and grow from your exchanges with other people. And even when what you learn takes you back to reaffirming what it was that you already knew, it's still a learning process. You go through that process of at least considering something other than your own position or your own point of view. Even if the end, in the end you return back to what you already know is truth for you. You know, I've mentioned before about... Um, coming from a large family, and I've been blessed with that large family, even though at times the learning curve has been really outrageously steep. And having so many family relationships and family dynamics to find harmony with, it didn't always feel like a blessing. But I make it a point to maintain healthy relations with everyone in my family. Oh, for sure. I've gone through many trials and tribulations and certainly times in my younger years when I felt estranged from my mother, other times when I was estranged from my father. And occasionally I have taken a time out from relating with one or more of my nine siblings. But in retrospect, I noticed that during these times of impasse, you know, individually with my parents or my siblings, that there was always something that I was sorting out within myself. And somehow, in some way, my family members were reflecting an aspect of myself that I was struggling with. And that was the real impasse. Because otherwise, there wouldn't be any discord. There wouldn't be any heat or friction on an emotional level unless there's something that you're reacting to inside of yourself. And I have found as a general comment in relationships that that can often be the most difficult thing for people to come to an appreciation of that. What I came to recognize was in that way that my parents and my siblings, you know, the first relationships we really start off with learning how to be in and navigate in and get our needs met and enjoy things and find pleasure and share activities starts with our with our parents and our siblings that realizing the gift that each of them are to me in terms of the way that they reflect back to me and the way that I'm able to see myself and to see them through our exchange. And sometimes the reflection is challenging and it take, can take some time. But I find that when I remain focused in myself and appreciate that whatever I'm experiencing is my experience. Nobody's making me feel the way that I feel. People do and say what they do, and then I react or respond the way that I react or respond, and those are 
my feelings, my reactions, my thoughts about it. No one made me feel that way. So in that way, with that kind of a perspective, it's easier to see the people in your life as opportunities for your growth and your healing. And that even though there are some relationships that are easier and more free-flowing and more comfortable, more comforting, that the ones that are more challenging are also very valuable for us, for our own growth and our own healing. And the ones that are more smooth and free-flowing are more like the plateaus. And the ones that are more challenging are the ones where we're really climbing and growing and developing. So all of it's good and all of it's there for you individually, whatever your relationships are and whatever the state is and whatever kind of stance you take. You know, I, I really, essentially for myself, the most valuable insight for me that's come about from any times when I've experienced estrangement with people is that I've been able to recognize that it's during those moments, during those moments, that's when I feel the most estranged from myself. And I've been amazed time and again how a single thought can really get out of control. You know, throughout my own life, I've been no stranger to that experience of alienating myself within my own thinking. And I hear that it's really a very typical human behavior or human reaction that I know everyone can relate to. You know, it's really during moments of feeling separate within that I have felt the most estranged from myself and others. And it's during those moments that misunderstandings can happen so easily. So I've made a note to self, you know, when I find myself so surprised by the way that others are responding to me, that that's really a good sign for me to regroup, take a couple moments and regroup, come back to my senses and come back to a place of feeling centered and connected within myself. And then it's much easier from that perspective to really look objectively about what is really going on and to uh, get things back on, a, on, on the right track, so to speak, if you find yourself going down the wrong road with somebody. You know, after all, really, if your intention is to have good harmony in your relationships, good harmony within yourself, good harmony within relationships with others, and live from a place of good harmony with, with the planet, that when you notice yourself going off and there is discomfort and there is discord or you're reacting or other people are reacting to you, then it's, those are good signs to take pause. Take pause for your own cause and be a little reflective so you can determine where's the energy off, what's going on, what are you believing, what's the thought you're believing that's creating the discord. You know, we, we, are, we are social creatures, and because of this, we naturally, we're naturally drawn, drawn to each other, drawn to share with others. 
and still so many people are estranged with a list of so many different reasons why they're estranged from their loved ones. You know, we've all had those experiences of feeling misunderstood, or we've had our feelings hurt, we felt rejected by someone else's actions or reactions. And really, you could say that these are normal occurrences as part of the experience of relating. And those really don't have to grow into situations where you're cast out or you cast someone else out of your family circle or from your close circle of friends. Clearly, being estranged weakens a person's sense of themselves. And it can hurt everyone in the family or everyone in the circle of friends, not just the two individuals that are directly involved with the impasse. You notice that any time, even when you're in a group of people or in a room or there are people hanging out or doing something socially, and if one person's upset, it affects everybody, not just the person that's upset. And that's even when a person has an upset that may be going on just inside of themselves. And then it becomes more compounded if the upset is with someone else that's also in that circle of friends or that group of people that are gathered. So you get the idea of what I'm saying then. You know, we all know that our family relationships can be intense. Well, these relationships happen in close, sometimes really close quarters. And as well as, you know, there there are... even though there's always very distinct traits that run through a family line, you know, family members are individuals and they can be very different from one another. And so then when you roll all of the dynamics together, really estrangement can be seen as something that is quite inevitable with people. Because no one has all the answers. No one has that inside track on what will resolve something what's going to resolve someone else's conflict. You know, some people suggest that reconciliation is not always the best approach in every situation. And this is certainly something that is more important to take into consideration when the relationships are abusive. Because reconciliation with an abuser is not necessarily in the best interest of the person being abused. Now, the decisions about whether or not to distance oneself from a family member can be really difficult ones, and essentially estrangement means cutting off contact. And emotional cutoff, think of the term emotional cutoff, it's a term that's coined by American psychiatrist Murray Bowen, and it's really described as people managing their unresolved emotional issues with their parents or siblings or other family members by reducing or totally cutting off emotional contact with them. And often they do this in order to reduce their own anxiety. And although sometimes people see really estrangement as something that people are being mean, but really at the base of it, it could be that what they're trying to do is reduce their own anxiety. And this kind of distancing really can happen on a physical level, literally moving away from the 
family member they're having conflict with or moving away from an abusive past or it can simply be refusing to see them or it could be that they're still interacting yet they're avoiding the sensitive topics of conversation so in that way they're really able to manage the relationship through their behavior and their communication style so that they're not going down those roads in communication and in subject areas that are too painful. When someone has an estranged relationship with their family, the question is often whether or not the distance they place between themselves and their family members is due to unhealthy boundaries or just because some relationships are toxic and sometimes it's best to end those relationships. And in many situations, the difficulty stems from unprocessed emotional, emotional detachment, unprocessed emotional energy in some way. So when a relationship with a family member is not healthy, this could mean emotionally, physically, financially, or it could be causing suffering in some way, then it may be wise for the victim to stop interacting with that person. Nobody needs to tolerate unkind or abusive behavior just because someone's related to them. And it's always more important to stay safe than it is to be in contact with a family member or a situation that's not safe. You know, some people choose to cut off a family member, not because of abuse, but because of differences in religious beliefs, or betrayal, addiction, mental illness, unhealthy behaviors, some kind of criminal activity. But unless the person with the unhealthy behavior is willing to be treated, and there's visible changes, visible signs of change, There's not, you know, often there's nothing you can do except to disconnect or to risk spiraling down along with the person. And sometimes really choosing estrangement is a necessary step in order to protect yourself. And I've certainly been in that kind of situation with friends, with family members, with other people that I've known where for a time it was important for me to maintain my distance so that I wouldn't find myself spiraling down along with the person, even though my desire really was to be able to be supportive, to be able to help. Still, distance, estrangement was the right choice in order to not spiral And sometimes, too, estrangement can happen not because of some big problem or some unhealthy behavior. It can just occur because of a lack of skills to resolve just common conflicts. You know, when there are those common conflicts in relationship that cause that disconnect, the first step to healing might be for the person who initiated the separation to work on their own emotional issues inside. Try to determine what it is behind your reactions. What are you reacting to? And taking that time can really be a valuable step. 
you know, taking that time from an estranged family member, taking that time to work out whatever's going on with you is a really healthy step towards reconciliation. And that certainly was true for me in both situations with my parents where I just needed to have some separation so that I could go through what was going on with me emotionally without the influence of anybody else to just be with myself with it so that I could find my own autonomy within myself. And then from there was more able to come back into relating and then able to come back into relating in a healthy way, in a way that I was able to maintain my own integrity and my own sense of myself. And and that's a really um, important, important uh important aspect to be mindful of. You need to be able to maintain your own integrity and maintain your own balance um, in order for your relationships to be healthy. And really, regardless of the circumstances, reconciliation is a process. And sometimes it's a long and challenging process, and it requires careful consideration And we have to take that personal inventory, you know, inside so we can determine what the underlying feelings are. And other times it can be as simple as a withheld communication. And once the truth is spoken, then the open exchange is reestablished. And that can be very easy. And in other situations, like what I found myself in, as I mentioned Sometimes you need to reconcile with yourself first before you can reconcile with someone else. But whatever takes you to that place of separation, I encourage you to remain open to the possibility that over time that you or your loved one may have a change of mind or a change of heart and want to reestablish a connection. Now, once you've decided that a relationship is beyond repair, it can be really, really daunting or overwhelming to consider reconciling. Now, here's a couple suggestions of things that you might want to consider that could help you get started or at least going in the right direction. You want to ask yourself, really, has emotional growth occurred since the last time you had contact with the person? And ask yourself, can you set and maintain your own appropriate boundaries? It's really important. Also, do you need to change the other person or their beliefs about a situation in order to reconcile? Is that part of the deal for you, that something needs to change over there? That might be something you want to watch out for. You certainly don't have control over changing something over there. You can only change something in yourself. And do you have your own identity? Or are you overwhelmed by the other person's opinion? Sometimes conflict comes from that. You're overwhelmed by the other person's opinion of who they tell you you are or what they think you should do or be your actor, say, or whatever and you find that you're not able to stand up in your own truth. And then another question would be to ask yourself if you're still angry. 
you know, because being able to validate your own feelings about a situation is really important. It's an important part of the process. Because a lot of feelings are likely to surface as you begin to reconcile. You know, it might be a slow process of reestablishing trust and creating a new relationship based on who both of you are in the present. And this might take some time to discover. And it's important to focus on the positive and find ways of establishing common ground. Most folks would suggest, you know, meeting in a neutral location. And, you know, not getting right involved with trying to discuss difficult issues right away. And that can help sort of just to reestablish some common ground. Now, because really repairing relationships can be similar to building new relationships. You want to let go of expectations. You know, that everything's just automatically or instantly going to be perfect. It's such a contrast, you know, we've all, uh, I'm sure everyone has had those experiences also of friendships where you maybe haven't seen someone for 5, 10, 15, 20 years and all of a sudden there they are again in your life and you pick up like you didn't miss a breath and you're um, close and connected like you were before you had a period of separation. You may have been separated even though there may not have been any estrangement, it's just life circumstances that sometimes bring people in and out of your lives and have communication happening sometimes and not at other times. And then in these other situations, you know, it's more challenging and you're trying to reconcile and it's not uncommon to experience setbacks. But the willingness to be there, to be open, to focus on the opportunity to come back into good relationship is sometimes what will give you that patience and that willingness to to go slowly and, and let the process be methodical if that's how it's happening. You know, you're not responsible for the entire relationship and you have no control over how the other person's going to respond to you or what they're going to say or what they're going to do. You take responsibility for your actions and then just make room for the other person to meet you halfway. You know, Barbara LeBay shares um, that some of the reasons for family uh, estrangement can really be things like that messy divorce or the in-law problem or interracial marriage, someone leaving a religion or joining another one, a family business that fails, conflict over an inheritance, an adult child's announcement that she or he is gay or one sibling takes on the sole burden of caring for aging parents while the other sibling does nothing. Or even a breakup with a dear friend who was um, really close to the family. But you know, whatever the reasons are, Some would say that there's no hurt quite as painful as when you're estranged from the people who are the closest to you. And often family members hurt one another because they don't control themselves or they don't know how to manage their own energy. You know, a a son 
uh, who shouts hurtful words in anger, or a parent who never is never there because they're working all the time, or a father who can't express his love, or a mother who doesn't offer praise. Sometimes a daughter wants more than what the family can afford, and then and then um, lashes lashes out because of it. And parents are often hurt by children who take their love and generosity for granted. And parents hurt children by neglecting them or by abuse or by not acknowledging them. And siblings hurt each other out of disloyalty or rivalry or from abuse. But yet none of these situations really needs to be unforgivable. You know, we all know or have experienced that family estrangement. The problem is so common. It's just so common. And you know, it's disturbing the number of families who are left with the loss of a loved one who offers nothing more than that reason. They don't give a reason. It's very vague why they abandon the family. And often people say, well, why are you doing this? Yet they don't really get a satisfying answer. You know, those scenarios that families are challenged to get past. The son loves his father but grows to hate the dad after the parents divorce and the father remarries. You know, a sister loves her brother, but then he marries and moves away and never contacts her again. There's all kinds of different things that happen. and Not to be in contact with your parents or your children or your brother or your sister, those important people, those are profound losses. And our families are really connected to our sense of who we are. And we we really are upset when our family can't acknowledge us or love us or support us. Here's some, some helpful suggestions. You know, when you when you've worked through resentments that get in your way and you've taken responsibility for your own part in the conflict, then you're in a better position really to address the problem in an open way. It helps, it can be really helpful if you know really what the goal is of the other person. You know, figure out what they want. It might be easier to know what it is that you want because you've determined that you want to reconnect. But what the other person wants, that can really be helpful for you. And once you've figured out why they've been avoiding you, then you'll know what it is that they're wanting. And if you can provide what the other person wants, then communicate your willingness so that you can let the other person know that you're willing to accommodate what they want. And accentuating the positive, right? Communicate your desire to work things out by immediately conveying that you value the other person and that you want to reconnect with them, that you don't hold a grudge. And for sure it's true. Resolving differences always means taking some kind of risk. 
You know, and when you do that, when you open up yourself, then for sure you're putting yourself in a situation where you could be rejected again. But when you think about it, for most people who are wanting to reconnect with their loved ones, they feel that the risk is worth it. And really, it's good to know that it's really important if you want to be successful with this is to really bypass the the tendency to want to press the rewind button and rehash and go over all the whatever the hurtful event was to begin with. But really, you want to focus more on just that heartfelt opening, that gesture of reaching out to the other person. Right? So we want to leave the blame game blame-shame game away from the situation. You need to move beyond the blame in order to reconcile. So if you're the one who wants to mend a relationship with a family member who instigated the separation, then you may have to, you may have to really brace yourself and be open and willing to, to listen to them rant, do their little dance, And just be open to that. Let it move through you and recognize that the other person has to vent this emotion in order to take the step in the direction of reconnecting. So you want to be mindful to not retaliate with your own kind of accusations and get back into the spin cycle, so to speak. Now you can say things that are more neutralizing and more inviting, like that. tell the person that you want to make a new start. You know, that they're your family and you miss being with them. Or that even that, oh, you know, oh, imagine you both got so carried away. So when you generalize the experience, you can really circumvent the issues and get out of that blame cycle. You know, often people say a letter or an email can really allow the other person some time to... um, uh, to really think about it without having to react right away or respond right away. They can do it in their privacy in, the, in whatever time it takes for them. Other folks suggest that even remaining open, keeping the door open, like sending birthday cards or notes or emails or little bits of conversation about family activities, even the occasional phone call, just to let the other person know that you're open and you're receptive to them. They give that, they give that, that clear message that whenever the other person's ready, that you're ready for them to come back and join you. You know, and if you find that your email's ignored or they don't want to talk on the phone or you get that cold response, then just give it time. Just try again in another time. Let it go. You know, working within yourself to let go of your own feelings about it, your own negativity around what may have happened is often one of the best things that you can do. And sometimes the only thing you can do in the short term. And you want to focus more than on solutions. So even when things may seem like nothing's going to happen, you know, that there's always that possibility that reconciliation is something that will happen down the road if you just keep remaining open to the possibility 
Remain open to the possibility. How wonderful is that? (laughs) Sometimes that's the best thing that we can do. You know, oftentimes we get an attitude, and when we get an attitude, then it makes it impossible. Then everybody has an attitude. You know, um, Anna Hickson wrote an article on reconciling friendships, and here's a few of her suggestions of what we can do here. You know, you want to admit your part in the deterioration of the friendship. Just apologize for failing to be there. And accept responsibility for the breakup, even if you don't believe that it was solely your fault. But again, like in all other situations, repairing things, you have to let go of the blame. And you don't want to let hurtful words or actions get in the way of the relationship that you share with your friend. You know, difficulties in any kind of relationship can develop when you allow all the small stuff to get in the way. Imagine if we're at that level of being nitpicky. It would be, it would be amazing that anybody would ever have good relations any of the time. You know, when relationships evolve, as people change, you need to be willing to allow room for growth. You're growing, the other person's growing, you're changing, they're changing, changing needs, changing interests. All of this is happening. If you want to make amends, then you might want to be the one that initiates the opportunity to heal the relationship. And sometimes this means we have to put our pride aside. You know, and approach the other person. You don't have to wait for the other person to do something. You know, sometimes people remain estranged in relationships because, you know, they're waiting for the other person. And, you know, they're not willing to admit or take responsibility. So you want to just leave the past behind. Once you've agreed to come together and make a new beginning, then that's what you want to do is make a new beginning. And use, you can use the past mistakes to, to really help you. You can use them as a tool to help you to work through any future conflict, but not by going back over and going through the same problems again and again. And we all have these experiences. We have desires to be close to people, and yet we have conflict. <laughs> sure as there's human beings, there's conflict. And, and oftentimes it's just from taking exception to things that people say or things that people do, and it's not really a big thing until it becomes a big thing in your mind, until it becomes a big thing in your thoughts or until somebody else has an opinion about it and they get you revved up and get you going. But I've found for myself, I've certainly gone through my times of complaining about relationships. I think it's part of the life cycle of growing up and maturing that we go through these cycles of complaining (laughs) about relationships, you know, thinking we can't get what we want, you know, the other person doesn't do it right, he said, she said, blah, 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 and we go through our times of telling our woe-is-me stories about things. But I've found as, as I've matured over the years 
And I've come to, to see my interactions and my connections with people in a different way. The value, you know, of the relationships has, has taken on a, 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 new, a new kind of meaning. And I think as you grow and mature within yourself that that's just natural, that that just happens naturally. It's just part of the maturation process. And I think that oftentimes the conflicts can come when you're, you're leading with your needs rather than leading with your love, if you like. You're leading with your not-enoughness and needing to get something rather than leading with your wholeness and coming together for the experience of sharing. And it's very, very different energy. You know, when we're coming from a place of, of needing things and being needy, then it's more likely that misunderstandings and conflict will happen because the person that you're going to to get your needs fulfilled and all your needs met may not be available in the moment when you're seeking them out. And because they don't respond then in the way that you would like them to, you can start to make up a story about how they rejected you or they don't, they're not interested in you or that they're selfish or, or whatever the story is that we make up. <laughs> We're very good at making up stories in our mind about things when things don't go our way. You know, and, and often even marriages come to a breaking point when the partners feel that they're not being understood or not being valued or being appreciated. And it's important to sit down with your sit down with your partner and let them know that they are the they are who they are for you, how important they are for you in your life and that you want to work with them in order to improve the situation. But so often, as soon as your partner understands that, that that's what you're looking to do, that you're on the same team and you're not looking for a confrontation, then they're much more receptive and open to, to hearing what it is you have to say. You know, be that person in relationship that, that is open and willing to hear what the other person has to say, regardless of what it is. So often communication breaks down because people are hesitant to speak up. And the hesitancy to speak up comes from having spoken up and, and had a huge reaction because the person didn't want to hear or didn't like what was being said. And so they, became, they, they were berated in some way for speaking up. So it's good to be that kind of a person. Be a person who's open and is willing to listen. One of the greatest things that, that and a sense of relief also that I experienced in relationships, in all my relationships, whether it's with my family, my son, uh, my friends, uh, co-workers, whatever situation, is when um, you can uh, have humility and just be willing to be the first one to speak up when you know that you said something that was, um, you know, short-sighted or you reacted too quickly to something or there's something going on with you which is why you weren't attentive. And it makes such a big difference. So you want to have good relations. You want to have good opportunities and good connections with people. Be that person that's open. 
be the person that's willing to be open and be willing to be understanding and to and to have the approach that the connection is what's important, the relationship is what's important, not so much the content. The content is the stuff you do and the things that happen and where you go and what you say and all the the content of life. But really, relationships and connections are about the context. It's about the, the connection that you have, the feelings that you have for the other person, and what it is that draws you to want to wanna be with someone, to want to share with someone. And even in our family relationships, even though we don't always like what each other does or says, and oftentimes it can come even from not understanding the other person, Sometimes it's just as simple as not being motivated by the same things, having different goals, having different interests. Hmm. There's so much uh, room for improvement always, no matter who you are or where you are or what your relationships are. And there's always so much that we can learn, you know, from each other. And in those situations, you know, with spouses and with partnerships, that are more intimate and personal like that, you know, once your spouse knows and understands that you're both on the same side, then you, you, you're, in a, you're on, on the right path. You're in the right direction to be able to then focus on the things you really enjoy about each other. You know, go ahead and do those things you used to do that brought you so much joy when you first came together and attracted you to your spouse to begin with. And once you redevelop that connection, it's easier then to, to determine what it is that went wrong and where you went off the track so that you can bring things back into a, into a good balance and find the solutions. And, and if you need help in your relationship with your spouse or your friendships or your family relationships, there's so many qualified people out there that uh, do counseling and have all kinds of support services that can help you get on the good road of relating as they say, it's not rocket science, <laughs> but it does take a willingness to be open and to be honest. It does take a desire to be flexible, to be willing, as they say, to let go of the small stuff. And I find that for myself, the best way that I have determined to be able to have good relations with people is to look at my own behavior, to look at my own responses. And I certainly have those times when I'm not patient and I'm not willing and I'm not attentive. And and when those things come up, the equation is simple. The way to resolve those things is to speak up and be willing to say, you're right, I'm sorry, I wasn't very attentive at that time. I'll be more mindful of that. I'll make a better attempt to be more open. There's so much that you can do within yourself to have good relations with yourself and and then to extend that to others and have good relations with other people. And, you know, regardless of whether or not your preference is to interact more one-on-one or interact in large groups of people, there's always a way when you're willing and when you're open to find ways to resolve conflict, to find ways to take the time out when you need a time out 
And you can take a time out without having to be estranged. You can just say, hey, I just need some time. I need to think about some things or I'm feeling challenged in myself and I just need some time to find my way. Whatever it is that you need. You know, the relationships that you value, the people that love you, when you tell the truth, when you're open and when you're honest about what it is that you need, they'll find a way to make space for you so that you can do what it is you need to do, have what it is you need to have. So be that person. Be that person in your relationship that is open and understanding and flexible and is a good listener and is willing to extend to others the things that you would want others to extend to you. There's always a way to come back into good relations with people. I thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. I am your ever-grateful host, Leah Brenda Smith. And until next time, I encourage you to relax and enjoy life. We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week.